Dear Lord, we thank you for your wonderful love to us, for your blessings, for your mercy. Lord, we thank you that you came down to earth and died for our sins when we were still sinners, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that uh, you bless each person here, that you would bless their families. Lord, we pray that you'd bless our parents and our kids and our grandkids. You would bless them, that you would protect them, Lord, that you would care for them. We pray, Lord, that you would bring all of us closer to you. And dear God, during this time of strange things going on, COVID and um, elections, Lord, help take our mind off of those things and put them on you, put our mind on you, Lord. We know that you are the way. Lord, we know that you are the truth. So help us keep our minds on you. Come to you personally and, and often to bear our hearts to you, Lord. We thank you for the chance to be here. We thank, we thank you for Wellspring Church, and we thank you, Lord, for all the people that come here. And Lord, we're ready if you want to send a few more people. We ask these things in Jesus' precious name.
captured my heart with this love. Nothing on earth is as beautiful as you. You opened my eyes to the wonders you captured my heart with this love. Nothing on earth is as beautiful as you. Beautiful. crucified him, and with him two other men, one on either side, and Jesus in between. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. It was written, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. Therefore many of the Jews read this inscription, for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city, and it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and in Greek. So the chief priests of the Jews were saying to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews, but that he said, I am the king of the Jews. And Pilate answered, What I have written, I have written. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his outer garments and made four parts, a part to every soldier and also the tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, woven in one piece. So they said to one another, Let us not tear it, but cast lots for it, to decide whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture. They divided my outer garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things. Father, we just thank you so much. just for who you are, that we can just come into this place and just um, glorify you, 
glorify your Son. Lord, I pray that you would just move our hearts, move us into that place, God, where we were, where we were just surrounded by your presence, Father God.
amazing love I know it's true and it's my joy to honor you in all I do I honor you Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus then saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. From that hour the disciple took her into his own household. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture, said, I am thirsty. A jar full of sour wine was standing there, so that they put a sponge full of the sour wine upon a branch of hyssop, and brought it up to his mouth. Therefore, when we Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, It is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Yes, Lord, we do praise you tonight. We praise you for all that you have offered us in your Son. And we think about the enormity of what he did when he went to the cross, Lord. We think about it as the focal point of our faith, that what you accomplished here is actually the salvation of the world, that all who believe in you would find salvation, Lord. Lord, I pray tonight... Give me the words, Holy Spirit, to communicate what you have to say to us, to communicate what you have for us to hear tonight as we think upon the last moments of Jesus' life. I pray all these things in his name. Amen. So he then handed him over to them to be crucified. Pilate hands Jesus over to the chief priests and the Roman soldiers to do their will with him. And it says they took him and went out and Jesus was bearing his own cross. John is never going to stop reminding us that it is Jesus who's in control of this whole procession. Jesus goes out bearing his own cross. They would bear the cross beam, the standing beams of the cross that we, we recognize. Those were planted in the ground permanently, and so the Romans would come and crucify many people on them over and over. But the cross beam is what the crucified person would have to carry to the spot of crucifixion. And so Jesus sets out and it says he carries it. Of course, we know from the other Gospels that they had to have a man named Simon of Cyrene come and help him carry the cross because Jesus was so weak from the scourging he had endured. But here John wants to remind us it's Jesus who takes the initiative. Jesus bears his own cross. He bears his own cross and goes to the place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha, in Latin, Calvaria, where we get the word Calvary. And 
means skull. And it was there that they crucified him with two men, one on either side and Jesus in between. And what a barbaric act it was when the crossbeam was brought to the hill where Jesus was to be crucified. Oftentimes they would tie their hands to the crossbeam. And in particularly heinous circumstances, like for example treason, which is what Jesus was charged with, they would nail their wrists to the crossbeam before they hoisted him up. And so the nails were driven through Jesus' hands into the crossbeam and was hoisted up there. And we have this image of Jesus high and lifted up above everyone. Usually, the crosses were at five or six feet off the ground. At the highest, ten feet off the ground when they really wanted people to see what was going on. For example, in the cases, as we talked about, of, of treason. Someone being a king, as Jesus is called here. Imagine, if you will, Jesus barely ten feet off the ground. Enough to be seen just lifting your head up a, a tiny way. Close enough that you could go up and still reach up and touch him if you were able to get that close. Jesus is near. Near enough that he might speak to people close to the cross. As he will do. Before they crucified someone, they stripped them naked as an act of shame and disgrace. So our Lord Jesus has been stripped nude before the crowds. His shame on open display. He's hoisted up barely above the people's eyes with two people crucified, one on either side of him. Pilate also wrote an inscription and put it on the cross. This inscription was the charge against Jesus. What Jesus was being charged with was the inscription, and it was written, Jesus the Nazarene, the King of the Jews. What was Jesus' crime? He was a king. That was what he was charged with. And so the inscription was put on for his charge. And the irony is, of course, that he really was their king. Therefore, many of the Jews read this inscription for the place where Jesus was crucified was near the city. And it was written in Hebrew, Latin, and in Greek. The three languages of the ancient Mediterranean world, Hebrew, Latin, and Greek. What's that saying? Jesus is king. Even of the Gentiles, all might read that he is king. Jesus, the king of the Jews, is paradoxically also the king of the Gentiles, isn't he? But the chief priests, they hated the, the charge that was written, so they said to Pilate, Do not write the king of the Jews. They're saying that's not what he is. 
No, no, write that he said I, that I am. Write that he said, write that he said I am the king of the Jews, right? That it's not true. Don't treat it as a true charge. Treat it as a false charge. Pilate answered, what I have written, I have written. Pilate writes that he is the king of the Jews as the charge. So that everyone might see what happens to those who go against Rome. But what's interesting is Pilate is God's unwitting agent to tell people the truth. The truth of the fact that Jesus is the king. And so the soldiers, when they had lifted Jesus up, when they had crucified him, they took those garments that they had just stripped off of him. While he sat there naked and Jesus could look down and see them gamble over his clothing. He took his outer garments and made four parts and they gave a part to every soldier and also the tunic. Now the tunic was seamless, the undergarment was seamless, woven in one piece. So they said to one another, let us not tear it but cast lots for it to decide whose it shall be. This was to fulfill the scripture. They divided my outer garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. Therefore the soldiers did these things. That quote is from a well-known psalm, a well-known psalm that the other gospels tell us Jesus quoted from. This is from Psalm 22. Remember, the psalm starts out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus' cry in the other Gospels. Here it's brought up again in the same psalm, Psalm 22. They divided my outer garments among them, and they cast lots for my clothing. Jesus is nearing the end of his life, and he realizes, though, he must care for those who are his to care for, in particular, his mother. But standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. What's so interesting is while all the men have been scattered to the wind, these women are faithful disciples. And they come mourning to the feet of Jesus, as close as they can get, upheld as examples of discipleship while his intimate disciples have all left him. And Jesus is drawing his final breaths, the last hours he has on earth, and he realizes he needs to care for his mother. He's the eldest son, the firstborn, and so it's his job to care for his mother even in his agony, he's, his thoughts turn to his mother. And what's so ironic, what's so ironic is that Jesus' ministry closes with his mother just like it opened with his mother. Remember John 2? His mother said, you can make this water into wine. Do whatever he tells you. And Jesus said, my hour has not come. When does his mother show up again? At the cross. And his hour is here. And remember, Jesus rebuked his mother. 
for not approaching like a disciple. And here she is at his feet as a disciple, believing in him. So when Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. And he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. From that hour, the disciple took her into his own household. It's interesting because Jesus had other brothers, didn't he? Other brothers who should have cared for his mother. But as Jesus so often does, he minimizes the idea of blood family to emphasize the idea of spiritual family. He takes his mother and puts it into the care of a close, beloved disciple, not his other brothers. Because ultimately, as Jesus says, the community of the Spirit is what is of primary importance. This trusted disciple will be the one to care for his mother. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things had already been accomplished to fulfill the scripture, said, I am thirsty. Jesus is consciously knowing that he has to fulfill Scripture. It says he says this for the purpose of fulfilling Scripture. For the purpose of fulfilling the Scripture, he said, I am thirsty. Jesus on the cross is thinking about what he has left to do. To fulfill the Scriptures that have been written. And Jesus, the God of the universe, the person by which the universe was created, Jesus, the person by which the universe was created, says a statement of mortal anguish. I am thirsty. Jesus speaks in his weakness as a human. And next to him was a jar full of sour wine. And so they put a sponge full of the sour wine upon a branch of hyssop, and they brought it up to his mouth. And when Jesus had received it, he cried out, It is The last thing Jesus had to do to fulfill the scriptures is to take that last sip of vinegar, that last sip of gall, and then give up his life. So when Jesus received it, he said, It is accomplished, it is finished, it is completed. And he bowed his head. And he gave up his spirit. Jesus bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Again, Jesus is in control. No one takes his life from him. Jesus is the one who gave up his spirit. It was not that death had overpowered him, but that he submitted to death in accordance with the will of his father. And so he gave up his spirit. 
And with that final cry of it is finished, it is accomplished, Jesus, as we've seen from John 1 all the way now to John 19, Jesus accomplished redemption. His life, his ministry, from the time of his mother asking him to turn the water into wine until now, at his last breath, his dying breath, this entire time, Jesus has been doing the will of his Father. And in this last moment, he says, I have completed the Father's will in my life on earth. And it has been finished. Tonight we're going to listen to a song. A song that Aaron picked out. It's a a beautiful song. And we're just going to be quiet and listen to it as we reflect upon what Jesus accomplished. We're so thankful uh, that you could all be here tonight. Thankful that you chose to be a part of what we're doing tonight. Hey, Eli. Eli. Thank you for being here. Thank you for walking through this book with us. You've only got a few chapters left. There's probably only five weeks left in this book. And as tonight, as we remember, this is the pivotal moment. Everything Jesus has done up to this point. He was walking towards this hour. Let's pray in our hearts and, and think to ourselves upon what Jesus has accomplished while we listen to this song. There is no greater truth than this. There is no stronger love we know. God himself comes down to live. Makes the sinner's heart be strong. There's no greater peace than this. No other kindness can compare. Clothes us in his righteousness. Never free forever.
rises up from grateful sins We once were lost but now we're found One with Him we bear His name One with Him we bear His name specific places to make these sacrifices and only a select few people were able to go into God's holy space and talk with him but this moment that we just read about is the moment where that changed and now all of us can do that wherever we are and so we should use that we should use that ability to talk with him and there's a few things in this passage that, to me, stood out as um, good reminders of what we should be praying for. And so I think that it's good for us to take some time to pray. And I want you to be able to um, reflect on just how powerful this, this moment is in history. And if you feel led to pray out loud, feel free to do that. If you feel like you want to pray to yourself in your heart, you can do that. If you want to pray with someone, you can do that. There's a lot of different ways to do it, but uh, ultimately we want to be inviting our Holy Spirit, our God, into our prayer time. And so one of the things, or one of the moments that kind of struck me in this story was, was uh, just how the, the groups of people hated Jesus and wanted him crucified. They, they gave him to be crucified. They took him to kill him. And it kind of reminds me of where we are right now in the world. 
everything's so divided. I mean, think about coronavirus and this pandemic and how divided that's made people. You think about the elections and how that divides people. But we should still be praying for those people that have divided from us. We should be praying that that God touches their hearts, that um, that they would be able to have peace in their hearts. Um, whatever whatever you feel led to pray about. Um, so I want to take a couple minutes to pray specifically for those people that we might be divided from in whatever way it is. Um, maybe people that we have had issues with in the past, maybe people that have issues with us, whatever it is. But I think that we should pray for those people specifically. And like I said, if you feel led to pray out loud for everybody or with everybody, that's fine. If you want to pray just with one or two other people, if you want to pray inside your heart, however you want to do it. But let's take some time to pray.